Welcome to the Injured to Elite podcast with your host, Dr. David Meyer, sports physical therapist and mental performance coach. Dr. Dave is a former Major League Baseball rehab coordinator and has now integrated the mental side into physical rehabilitation. This podcast shares the many stories and strategies of those who have taken themselves from injured to elite. Head over to www.injuredtoelite.com to learn more about David and his recently published book, Injured to Elite. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Injured to Elite podcast. This is episode number 63 of the Injured to Elite podcast. I wanted to jump on today to talk about a very pertinent topic to the Injured to Elite podcast and the Injured to Elite community, which is this mental health reckoning that seems to be occurring in the world of sports. I talk about this today because of the recent story that some of you might be familiar with, with Naomi Osaka, the female tennis player. I think it's really interesting that in 2021, we are seeing this grand slam of mental health taking over throughout the entire sports performance community. And I think the big question on a lot of people's minds is why is it happening now? Or is it really just happening for the first time? So I dug up some research and looked up some articles to see what's been publicized previously on this topic because I was interested to know myself. And I think it's quite interesting what some of my findings are specifically in the world of sports. A little context here. So a close friend and client of mine, Ryan Sheriff, we met when I was working for the Cardinals and Sheriff was a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. I rehabbed him before he made his big league debut with the cards. And Ryan recently was interviewed. There was a nice article that was posted titled Baseball's Mental Health Reckoning. This was after Ryan decided to take a little time off from playing. And I'm not going to go into the details there because I know Ryan really well, and I don't really want to share his personal story. You all can hear about it, read about it. If you just look up Ryan Sheriff, Mental Health Reckoning, read the the article out there. Bottom line is he was dealing with some level of mental health related concerns he had in regards to his performance and playing. And so he decided to take some time. A few players also were doing the same thing around that time, decided to hit the pause button. Shortly after Sheriff, there were a few more players. Right after Sheriff decided to take that time off, they as well cited mental health related issues and hit the pause button. And the question is, what's going on in 2021? I have a few ideas that I want to share with everybody. The more recent story with Naomi, she was fined after not coming out during the French Open for a press conference. I believe she was fined $15,000, all public information. After that point, she decided to take herself out of the French Open and came out public about depression that she's facing. A young lady in her 20s, beating Serena Williams, a lot of success quickly. You can imagine what that can do to somebody in terms of anxiety, depression, athlete or not, human first. You can only imagine. But why is it that it took us this long, it's taken us this long, 
to get to the point where we're really acknowledging it. So I looked up an article. I was interested specifically in the baseball world, what was out there. So back in 2011 on bleacherreport.com, there was an article, in fact, which goes into details about Hong Chi Kuo and 10 other major league ball players who've hit the DL for mental health reasons. This was back in 2011, May 26th, 2011. Several players. Prior to that, the article in the Bleacher Report mentions the National Institute of Mental Health showed that 26.2% of Americans 18 or older suffered from a diagnosable mental disorder in any given year. However, between 1972 and 1991, zero major league players were placed on the DL for mental health reasons. Now, since 2011, we don't call it the DL, we call it the injured list. But I think it's fascinating that in 2011, we were starting to see this decade ago. Now, 10 years later, boom, we're seeing it across really all sports. What's one of the biggest cases? Well, one of the biggest and most notable individuals, elite athlete-wise, that has come out public about mental health-related issues and concerns is Michael Phelps, Olympic swimmer, the most successful Olympian of all time, the most winningest Olympian. Michael Phelps talks about his depression, or they call him the Olympic blues. There was a Netflix special, The Weight of Gold, that went into detail about a lot of these Olympians that go through this period after each Olympiad. Now we're seeing it really come to the surface. And I have, I have three reasons why I think it's coming to the surface like it is now in 2021. We'll go through each of them. Let's go through the elephant in the room number one reason why I think mental health-related concerns are coming to the surface in the news with elite athletes. And I think it's because we are all more aware of our own mental health through COVID through the isolation that we all went through, through the quarantine process, however long it was for you, even if it was a few weeks versus over a year, you experienced some level of isolation and it affected you at some level socially. We're social animals and we are affected when we are isolated. Even if we're an introvert, even if we're not somebody that likes to associate with huge groups, it still had an effect on us, changed our routine. That alone can take its toll. So I think the number one reason why we're finally coming to this realization that yes, elite athletes are dealing with mental health related issues is because through COVID, we all are aware of the tremendous effects it's had on so many around us. We can't ignore it. Some people can say, especially older generations or even millennials might believe that some are soft. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that it's a softening. The phrase, if the kitchen's too hot, get out, or however that's said, yeah, there's truth to that. But to get to the highest level of a sport, the kitchen's been on fire for decades for them. Take a 23-year-old tennis player, take Naomi. I don't know her personally, never worked with her, I'm just talking about public information here. As a physical therapist, as somebody that's pursuing my mental performance consulting certification through the Association of Applied Sports Psychology, I can only give you my hypotheses, my analysis. But I can only imagine a 23-year-old elite tennis player. I can't imagine that it's a concern of them being soft or not tough 
If that was the case, they wouldn't be playing for several decades. You start playing, let's say, when you're five or six. You're talking about 15, 20 years later of playing that sport. To get to that point, you can't be soft. Sure, decades prior to that, plenty of people probably went through the motions and felt a certain way. There were probably reactions to that. There were, there were probably, you know, something's gotta give. I really like that phrase. Those that were just keeping it inside, did it come out in their relationships? Did it come out in addictive behaviors, gambling, drinking? Something's gotta give. Maybe the generation now is a little more vocal because they realize the benefits of being vocal about it. So judgment aside, I don't think you can be soft and get to that point anyway. And I think everybody has to be honest with themselves with what we went through over the last year and a half. It's affected us in some way, shape, or form. David Goggins, you know, tough as nails, David Goggins. You don't think COVID affected him to some degree? What if he can't, he couldn't run a race that he wanted to run? That didn't affect him, irritated him at the very least. So this is not a topic of mental toughness. I think that is the biggest misnomer in mental performance as it pertains to sports or injury management. So that's number one. This is not going to be a super long episode, so I just want to kind of go through the other two and we'll wrap up. So number one was we've realized our own mental health issues through COVID. Doesn't mean we have mental illness. We're talking about mental health related issues feeling down, having some level of anxiety, frustration, the human condition. I think that's something that a lot of people like to talk about these days. That can manifest and grow into different ways when you're an elite athlete in the public eye. Can you blame them? Well, a lot of you say, oh, they have so much money they're making, so they should be able to have all the resources they need. If they have an injury, they should be able to bounce back. Have you been in their shoes? Most of you have not. I've been around it, so I can, I can comment a little bit. So number two, a lot of these players were taken away from their sport at a high level in 2020, some for an entire season. A lot of players opted out, many for great reasons. But when you're away from something that you've played for so long, been a part of for so long, how do you think it is getting back on the horse? think it's easy? Objects in motion stay in motion, right? It's tough to get back on the horse. And on top of that, what if you got off the horse and you realized, I don't want to get back onto it? Why? Because your habits changed. You saw another possibility. So how many of these players took some time out and realized that life could be good outside of the sport? And how many of these players spent time, so much time away from their sport at that level, even just the fans in the crowd, that took away some of the adrenaline? How many of them just weren't feeling the same about it? Their connection to the game was different. So many reasons, so many possibilities why. Some had fear of returning because what does it feel like when you pick up a ball for the first time in 10 years for a normal person? right? Well, that's how it probably felt for some of these ball players, some of these baseball players, hockey players, tennis players. I don't want to leave any sports out. This is not supposed to, this is agnostic. This is not for any specific sport. This is athletics at large. Imagine what that's like. So that number one, we said, or I said, our own mental health related 
mortality, if you want to call it that, or frailty came to the surface through COVID for many, not everybody, but in some way, shape or form, it affected all of us. I mean, just hearing about death on a daily basis, that's going to affect you. It's going to polarize you. It's going to do all kinds of things. And now players being away from their game, the game for so long, coming back to that sport might have a, that player might have a different perspective and that might affect their mental status. And number three, it's simple. The third reason why I think we're going through a mental health reckoning in sports is because it was only a matter of time. And I kind of led into this in the first, first two, I guess, really. But the first one talking about how in 2011, there was an article on Bleacher Report talking about the different athletes that were that year going on the disabled list. The time was called the disabled list. And the article talks about different reasons. Baseball can be psychologically draining at times at sites. Slow, slow pace of the game, emphasis on stats, tiny margin of error, all things we know. All sports. All sports. It was only a matter of time. Apparently that time is now 2021 where we are finally putting the energy towards this important topic. Professional sports teams are hiring mental performance coaches, sports psychologists at a higher level than ever before. And I think that's a, it's a great step in the right direction. I just hope from the bottom of my heart that this really permeates through all avenues of the game, sports medicine especially, in terms of injury management. That's obviously my area of expertise and especially the mental health side of injury. I have people reach out to me often telling me how it's affecting them more and more, becoming more open about it. You can't hide from it because when you work at that level, when I worked in Major League Baseball for the Cardinals, you see all kinds of things. You see players fainting. You see players that are afraid of needles. You see players that are suicidal. You see everything across the board. So it's it's there, whether or not the players are talking about it. Now we're talking about it. Now that might create a little bit of a, a wave. And I think that's a great thing. I just hope that we really embrace this and we don't just try and stop bleeding and put band-aids on it. I truly hope that we change the culture around it. What do I mean by that? I think people like David Goggins are misunderstood. From the bottom of David's heart, I think that he means really well. I think David Goggins and his book, Can't Hurt Me, and the work he does, I think it's so inspiring. For the average recreational athlete that's injured, or for the average competitive athlete, most competitive athletes at a large scale are going to be probably at the high school level. A lot of the topics of being tough, a lot of those athletes already are. To, to be athletic, there's a certain level of resilience that you need. Fall down, get up. Fall down, get up. Of course, it's a different type of resilience. A chess player has the resilience to be patient, maybe, to take a, a mental blow. So it's all different types of toughness. But I don't think it's a simple conversation about how tough the athlete is overall. Soft versus tough. I think David Goggins utilizes specific strategies that help him in certain moments. Drive, adrenaline being some of that drive for him to push him, move him forward. I think there's something for us to learn by that, to face fear. 
But when we're stuck in catastrophizing thoughts of fear of performance or of, of re-injury, right? Or an existential crisis of sorts, questioning what we should be doing with our lives, staying in the sport, leaving the sport. I don't know if toughness is the answer to those things. So that's why I'm talking about the cultural side, meaning how we view athletes, how we connect with athletes, what we really embody in athletes. I'm sure a lot more is going to come out on this. And this episode is just a segue, probably into an episode that's going to come in the future in terms of talking more specifically with athletes about this. Of course, I've had athletes talk about their mental health-related journey. Daniel Bard, overcoming the yips, injuries, surgeries. Ryan Sheriff had a few episodes with Ryan actually talking about his experiences. It's constantly evolving and We're going to see more athletes coming forward, talking about what it's really like. Because when you have an eight to 12 year old watching that game, whatever that game might be, and watching the athlete they idolize perform blind to what it's really like, that creates some challenges and also false expectations. I think these athletes sharing more about this can help parents and youth athletes determine more so what their priorities are. Maybe those that do feel they have the resiliency physically, the the quote unquote toughness physically to take the sport to a higher level can feel more confident doing so instead of getting to an existential crisis at their highest point of the game. Just because you're the best at something doesn't mean you need to be playing that game. If some, if you were the best Monopoly player in the world, does that mean you have to play Monopoly? We don't have to do what we're the best at. We decide. And I think more of that conscious decision-making with our lives, whether we're athletes or not, can help us feel fulfilled, right? Athletes deserve it too. If they can weed themselves out earlier in the game by knowing what it's really like, good. And I don't think we should shy away from this. I don't think we should shy away from talking to patients about this who had injuries as an athlete. I don't think we should shy away from talking to their doctors, their physicians about it, our peers. We have to push this forward. I want to just put this out there because I think the timing is now with Naomi Osaka, elite tennis player, taking some time off from the French Open. I want everybody to think a little bit deeper about this whole topic this mental reckoning in professional sports. I don't really think it's that these athletes are mentally ill. I think it's a normalization that we're going through. The elephant in the room. Money doesn't buy happiness, right? So then why should we justify that because they have deep pockets, maybe, from being at the highest level? And remember, that's a very small minority. So it's not just about the athlete that's made all boatloads of money. If you want to talk about how, well, oh, Woe is me. We shouldn't be complain. They shouldn't be complaining. How about the implications that has on everybody else that's been trying to get to that spot, to Naomi's spot? All the people that are looking up to Naomi. How does it affect them? Most of them will never get there, so they'll probably deal with the same mental health related things, not get the deep pocket. What happens to them? We forget about them. Choose something else. Well, what about when you rewind the clock back to the age of five or seven? We got to start talking about this. So there are three things. 
why it's coming to the surface in 2021, this mental health reckoning in sports. Number one, COVID. We all realize a lot of isolation can affect us. We realized what mental health related things might feel like, even if we've never experienced them before. So now we can really relate to what these players are going through maybe, and the players can relate to that a bit more. They realize they're maybe human, which is good. Number two, players had that time away from the game and maybe their perspective shifted. Objects in motion stay in motion. And and number three, because it was only a matter of time until we start talking about this at a higher level. I just hope that it's all full force forward. We've been talking about it long enough. Okay, what do you do from this episode? I think you start talking to more people about it in the sports performance world, whether it's physical therapists, chiropractors, physicians, trainers, coaches, the athletes themselves, parents, have the conversation. Two things, lean into it, talk about the elephant in the room, lean into tension, and reflect back what people are saying to get the conversation to grow. I hope this was a nice kind of wake up for everybody in terms of the mental health reckoning in sports. And I will be back with more on this topic and athletes that specifically have gone through it. Maybe we'll have Ryan come back, share what he's doing these days on his trek back to the big leagues with the Rays. Hope everybody has an amazing rest of your day. Check out my book, Injured to Elite. You can check it out on Amazon. Go to my website, www.drdavidmeyer.com. Follow me on Instagram, Dave M. Meyer. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you think about this whole mental health reckoning in sports. I would love to hear from you. Have a great rest of your day. Take care.